This podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. Hi everyone and welcome back to episode 5 of the She Can, She Did podcast. If we haven't met yet, I'm Fee and I'm the founder of She Can, She Did, which if you haven't listened to this podcast before, means that I'm the one asking the questions. In this episode, I sit down with 34-year-old Jess McIntyre and 28-year-old Natalie Moores, aka the Anton Deck of the marketing world and co-founders of Mac and Moore, the London-based but UK-wide marketing company that counts Now TV and Transport London on their list of clients, as well as a roster of female-founded businesses that they support directly too. Huddled around the microphone in Jess's living room in Surrey Keys last week, the three of us sat down to discuss everything from how they navigated the process involved in launching a business together as equal partners, when Jess had previously been Nat's boss, why supporting women in business is so much more than sharing an inspirational quote every now and then on Instagram, and the steps they've taken to incorporate that ethos into the core of their company, their thoughts on the competition when anyone and everyone could technically market themselves as a service-based specialist online nowadays, and how they position themselves in the market as a result, to the traumatic ordeals that they've both encountered in their personal lives that have at times meant that they were crumbling in private behind the scenes. My favourite quote from this podcast is when Jess says that as business owners, if we really want to make a difference and support others with our offering, we must learn to put the oxygen mask on ourselves first. For reasons that we go on to discuss together in this episode, putting that advice into practice when you run your own business isn't always the easiest thing to do at first. Girls. I feel like I, like I just said, I feel like I've met you properly before, and the only reason is is because I've seen you both pissed on video at my wedding. <laughs> oh my god, the the, the Christmas Carol! Yeah. <laughs> I watched that back, and I was like, yeah, they're drunk. Yeah, that was uh, actually yeah, because we'd, we'd we'd been at a client Christmas party all day, and it was a wine tasting, and then we were like, yeah, sure, we'll bowl on to the event, and we were the ones at the back as well. Naughty so school kids. the naughty school kids, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I feel like we were very tuneful anyway. Can you talk to me about what your business is all about in your own words, please? I think you'd be better at this. I'm I'm way better at just talking naturally in a flow, whereas Nat is really good at, like, learning learned words. Okay. (laughs) My my thespian background, darling. Okay, right. Okay, so what what we officially set up to do was act as a remote marketing service that could plug in to businesses, mainly in the B2B space. We have both worked a lot in media and advertising before, so we kind of started out there, but now we've kind of branched out and gone into, we work in tech, we work in recruitment, or creative businesses as well. And effectively, if they don't have a marketing team already, or even if they don't have a brand already, we can plug in, get everything off the ground from a very kind of high level expertise perspective and then we can also plug in other best-in-class freelancers to build out a bespoke team depending on what they need and what the particular requirements are. I think when we started out especially if this is real talk we just we were both freelancers effectively and we just took whatever contracts we could get our hands on and some of it wasn't particularly work we were passionate about but it was great from a, a marketing perspective so we were still doing still doing the job at hand and still able to kind of learn how to work together because Nat and I met three months prior to us starting our business. Three months? Yeah, three months. Are you kidding me? No. Oh my God. Was it like love at first sight or something? Basically. Yeah, it was quite intense. Well, we were working for a startup and... I was head of marketing and it was it was a bit of a shit show. I don't know if swearing is in this podcast, but it was um it was a completely disorganized business and it was really difficult for us to see the wood from the trees. So I I was tasked with putting together a whole marketing plan with very little budget and putting together a team. So looking for a marketing manager, I met Nat and we instantly clicked off the get-go. It's so Cute. romantic. It is it's romantic. We always, it is like like a wedding story where we always first tell it. And you actually did just look at each other directly in the eyes. Gaze. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's weird. Well, what we, what we figured out very, very quickly was that we were 
the exact opposites to each other, but in that like magnet way where it actually works rather than in a kind of like, we completely, you know, couldn't work together. We have all the skill sets that the other one doesn't have. Even some of those kind of different skills, like organisation, like Jess is super organised, I'm terrible. So even those kind of non-specific work skill sets, we realised that when we were working together, even in the first few weeks, we would start a project and I was like, this is the most efficient I've ever been and the best work that I've ever done because we could just bounce things off each other straight away, couldn't we? And like everything would go back and forth. I think as well, I've sort of been taught from a really early age just to work as a team and not have a hierarchy. So even though I was running a team, everyone was such an important part of it. And I could always see the skills that I needed to kind of work harder on and also the people I could plug in to to do a job better than me. And again, meeting Nat, I'm a brilliant strategist, but when it comes to creative ideas, that's not my strength. And Nat's brilliant at doing that. So when you have great strategy and creative together, I think that's something really powerful. Mm -hmm. So going back, so you, you meet, you work together for three months. When did the conversation in that three months crop up well, in the sense it, that we need to quit this place and do our own thing. We, we didn't quit the place. The place quit us. Okay. God damn. <laughs> uh, no, not us specifically, but the startup. Um, anyone who works in startups, they're a risk in general. And it went into liquidation. So all 25 of us were sort of out in the streets. And we, we were just like, what are we going to do? And I think it had been playing in my mind for a few years about setting up my own and doing this business idea, but doing it on your own is really scary. Mm -hmm. And we just sort of bonded over loads of shared personal experiences as well. And just thought, let's do it together. What can be worse than being unemployed in the street right now? Yeah, that was the thing, I think. Were you literally on the street when you had we, to No, we, we, were, we, were the, we were drinking rosé. On a pavement. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I was just taking the bitch. No, 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 we were literally, we, we, we turned up to work that day and they were like, yeah, your job doesn't exist anymore. Um, you don't have any money. There was no redundancy or any kind of package or anything to send us on our way. It was literally handing your laptops and off you go. So we did what any, you know, normal person would do at that time and just go to the pub at like 11am. And we were joking about it in the pub and we were like, God, like, because both of us had been made redundant before as well. So we've got these weird life parallels where... I'm sure it's not just you. I mean, (laughs) wait, we never thought of that. (laughs) If if I'm really honest, before, in my 20s, if I'd heard of someone being made redundant, I would have been like, they're not good enough. That was an instant thought process. And when it happened to me, I I felt I'm not good enough. I'm sure Mm. you did as well. Yeah. But then you just speak to so many people and you realise anyone who takes risks, anyone that does something different, that that's what you're up against. And it's up to you to kind of work against that label. Mm. But yeah, I think that definitely went through our minds at the beginning, is it us? Yeah, yeah, we did. Well, as well, because you're just like, oh, not again. (laughs) And also, I was so sick of the whole pity party thing. Like, after the first time, obviously, all your friends and family are like, oh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? And I was like, I can't be doing with that again. I was going to say, the second time around, I literally would be like, yeah, no. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, so we literally, we we were sort of joking around and we said, um, isn't it so, you know, like so awful that people get to decide, you know, everyone at the top of the business is always fine. And it's always the people at the bottom of the pile who get shafted. So we were like joking around. We were like, let's, Let's just set up on our own. Oh, yeah, what would we call it? Macamore Media. Yeah, ha, 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 ha. And then the next day we were kind of like, should we actually just do it and see what happens? Yeah. We Neither of us had to walk away from a job. Neither of us had any money. You know, if we were going to go for it, we would go for it. And then yeah. if it didn't work out, nobody would have said anything else because you gave it a try and you could just easily, yeah, you know, you could always go and get another job. Yeah. yeah. So when, when you kind of when decided it, what was your plan? Do you know what I mean? What did you prioritise in those first few days and weeks to actually get it off the ground? Because there's a difference, obviously, between saying you're going to do it and actually doing it. I think, in general, I'm a doer. So, because I had a plan in place, that was easy for me to implement um, because I'd done it for so many other people. So I think the first thing was, like, what are we offering? What are we about? What are our values? That was the number one thing especially coming from such a toxic work environment. What are the type of clients we want to work with? What's our vision for the business? What's our story? Then we had a photo shoot with a friend who was a photographer. Who is amazing. I was on your website on the way over here and I obviously see so many different like brand photos now. She nailed it. It's a he. He is. 
Hey. And he's got the best name. He's called Holiday. Um, shout out to Holiday. Oh we love you. <laughs> yeah, he's... They're good photos. Yeah, he's incredible. And we were so lucky from working in advertising and marketing for over 10 years. I have a whole host of incredibly talented friends who came in and sort of stepped in and helped us. So we had design support. We had photography support. Nat's a writer, so wrote all the content. I just make stuff happen. So all of that put pulled together in three weeks. We had a whole business brand and we were set up, ready to go. That's the thing, it is simple, those little baby steps. If you know what you want, you can just buy a domain name and you can just go on WordPress or whatever and yeah. you've got the website up and running. Think, it's not as complicated as yeah. some people potentially might think it is. Well, I think that's what people take so much time over. Unnecessarily, you know, if you, if you have, that was actually one of the best things I think was the fact that we were thrown into it and we knew that within four weeks our rent was due again and if we didn't have any money by then, then we were in the sweet doll queue. So I think that urgency was a massive benefit to us, even though it looked like something which was a bit of a nightmare because it just meant that we made gut feeling decisions that were the right ones we made them quickly and we stuck to them and we didn't waste time kind of mulling over things for a really long period of time that we just wouldn't have got any benefit from i also like the phrase like you pay it forward and i think throughout my career i've helped so many different people or managed lots of people in teams that when favors were asked to sort of be pulled in people were really happy to do that so it wasn't just by accident i'm like just get on the phone people were like oh my god let me help you so it sort of felt like a really nice beginning of something mm. as well. I honestly think being a half-decent person goes along. Like, it's so underrated. Just be decent and it will work out. It's know? so easy. Yeah, so it's easy so to do that. Just... But it's crazy how many people forget that. It is crazy, and I think that actually as a partnership, um, which I'm sure you'll come on to, Nat and I are very different. <laughs> But the things that we share are our values. So we were brought up in very different places in the UK, very sort of different upbringings, but we were both brought up with the same sort of family values to respect other people, to work hard. Work hard, yeah. Yeah, and I think if you don't have those values right, well, that's where you're going to go. Like any relationship, that's where you're going to find problems. Not if somebody's very northern and doesn't talk about their feelings <laughs> versus someone who overshares constantly. Yeah, you can get past those things. But fundamentally, if one of us was like a money grabber and was just like, let's stack them high, sell them cheap. Like, the other one was like, no, I just want to help everybody. Yeah, that, you know, that wouldn't really yeah. work. But actually, yeah, the values thing, I think for us was the, the absolute core of going, we want to work really hard. We want to do work that we're really proud of and that we want to see kind of actually out there and you know it doesn't just get put in a drawer and, and whatever and also kind of work with other amazing people and people who really know the value of marketing and what you can do if you invest in that kind of skill set. Was it strange going into business together on an equal level when you'd been the boss? I know that you said that you don't believe in hierarchy but my company that I used to work for wasn't really like that my manager I still see my manager and like we talk about everything but she was still my boss you know and I couldn't imagine going to business with her I mean that's only because we, we don't have this loving nice no. bond but you know what I mean? <laughs> no I think I think it was hard I think that from your perspective I can Nat is is very talented and also very proud and as we went in as a 50 50 percent I the first thing off coming off a bit of a shitstorm was that I was like, never want to argue about money. So perhaps when we'd started, it could have been a little bit more in my favour because I had more experience. But I knew that I was looking at a kind of a bigger trajectory than that and the further down the road. And I just think the first thing that you can fall out or squabble about is just how much someone's earning versus how much you're putting in. So it felt very much like this is a joint decision and we both have 50-50 share if it's going to work. Definitely, I think at the beginning that was a challenge. I think that I probably definitely was too domineering and kind of was trying to go between not being a manager, but also understanding that Nat needed to learn some things from me because she hadn't had the experience I had. Mm. And I found that quite challenging. Yeah, I think um, I could sense definitely that that was an issue or not even an issue, but it was just something that was there. But also I knew that it was totally fair enough. That was the thing. You know, I wasn't pushing against that and going, no, why on earth would you think that you, you know, have more kind of knowledge than me on a certain thing? Like, it was very obvious. But I think from my perspective, 
I knew that, yeah, it had to be 50-50 and for that to work. And I think we did butt heads a little bit because Jess knew, and now even looking back, I can see that it was absolutely the right thing. You knew the roadmap and also Jess is the get shit done person. So I'm like, the, oh, I'd love to go on a walk and think about this. Like Jess is like, I've got the list. We need to be doing this. And if we've not done all these by yesterday, then we've not done it quick enough. So I was then pushing to go, right, even though you're the one who's kind of giving us the to-do list and getting these things done, I need to make sure that that, like, that it, we just settled in the right place. So it was a challenge to begin with. And I think that I feel as though in any business, though, in any duo partnership kind of business, you have to work so hard on the relationship anyway, regardless of whether we came into it from an equal point or a, you know, a totally different point. I think you have to really try hard to communicate with each other and like Jess said we are such different people and we've got such different personalities that we did just try and like figure it out as we went along. No definitely and I think there is always going to be that transition period no one gets it right from the outset. I think as well it just without sounding too cheesy this was a real opportunity to break free out of really toxic work environments and both of us were so excited about the chance to build something ourselves. It just was so much more than money or, you know, us squabbling about X, Y, and Z. I mean, we're humans. We're going to have bad days, good days. But we both could see the bigger picture in our in our own ways, I think. Yeah. Did you have any contracts in place? What's your advice for anyone going into a business? I think... Like a friend or anyone, co-founder? I think every situation's different. I mean, we had a gentlewoman's agreement <laughs> on how things will work and said we're 50, 50% um, shareholders in the business. So if a contract's in place and that feels like the right thing to do, then by all means do that. I definitely think having something on paper that you both sign and agree on means there's something visible for you both to go back to, especially if there's any conflicts further down the line. But I think you just, just do what feels right for you because every partnership and relationship, as Nat said, is different. But I think due diligence and covering yourself it isn't a negative thing it's about protecting both parties and you know looking after yourself so and avoiding resentment as well I think because those are the areas where if something turns sour and I do think actually the conflict resolution thing that was the main that was the main thing that we mapped out we got some advice from someone who said you know have a think about what happens if one of you wants to leave the business and for us straight away that was something great for us to decide right from the early doors that you know Macamore that is the two of us it's our faces on it's our names on it so if somebody wanted to kind of bring someone else in or you know those kind of weird scenarios that in day one you're not even thinking you know how are you thinking how am I going to get paid next month rather than anything else but I think even just troubleshooting a few possible scenarios and going look imagine if one of us got hit by a bus what's the situation yeah touch wood but even that you know if the business builds up an equity and one of you like is gets hit by a bus like where does that go like Mm. these these big you know aren't Ant and Deck they've insured one of them like if one of them dies that they like come back oh really oh wow we do maybe that's next on our list yeah maybe yeah mac and cheese is the other one mac and cheese yeah which I love obviously is my cheese name (laughs) (laughs) okay so you've got four weeks before you have to pay the bills How did you go about getting your first client? Because that is serious pressure, in my opinion, if you've got London rent to pay. So I found out that I am an amazing networker. But in in all honesty, I love people. Like, I am that person that bores people by asking them 100 questions at a party. I'm just fascinated by interesting people. (laughs) Can you stop talking to me? (laughs) You're so small and you're talking in my ear. (laughs) Who are you? But no, I just like, I'm fascinated by interesting people what, who I see as interesting. And again, working in creative industries, I got the opportunity to talk to so many incredible people. And again, I had old bosses who um, I just got back in touch with and everyone was just there willing to help. And I don't think that was just a case of something bad's happened, help me out. As I said, I think that was 10 years in the making of just me forming actual relationships with people. And I think networking is key and in real life as well. There's something about human connection. There's something about me passionately telling you about my business. It's going to make you go, I really want to be a part of that. Let me sign on. So it was just basically me going out every single week I think I had like 10 meetings a week and just sitting and just telling them really honestly as well like no bullshit 
Look, this is what's happened to us. We're really, really good at what we do. Please and give us a chance. To help. They yeah, are. they yeah. are. And then actually, you you end up attracting the right type of clients as well, like people who want to give the underdog a chance, someone who really believes in you, and then you want to do even better for them. And how did you go about putting a price on your time? Because I think with service-based businesses, that is where a lot of people struggle. We got some really good advice actually, right from the word go. I mean, you. I think with what we were doing, you sort of have a scope of between a kind of radius of like this is how much roughly people are paying but the best thing we got told I think is that you work out in the year how many days you want to work so put your holidays that you want to take in there put Christmas in there put whatever you need in there then do the maths work out what if you divide up the days that you want to work by you know your rent your all these all these expenditures you will work out roughly what you need to work in terms of number of days and therefore like how much you need to make. I think luckily for us as well, there were a few other consultants knocking about who were charging a lot of money and potentially not delivering on the kind of work that people wanted. So to begin with, actually, the first two clients that we worked with were people that we'd both kind of worked with before who, we, who we'd knew and we'd got back in touch with us and it was great. And there was a definite moment for me of being like, right, we'd sort of figured out what to put on there, what number to put on the piece of paper. And again, another good bit of advice was to say your day rate and be quiet. Do not speak. Do not be the first one to speak because you will talk yourself out of it and you will literally start talking yourself down and going, but because we're, I guess, because we just set up, you know, we could give you a discount and da 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 da. It always makes you cringe when I hear that advice because it's so true. And I remember before I launched the events last year, I wanted this way bigger event off the ground um, in the start that I used to do. And I took my friend Brogan because she got the what was in sales. And off we went to meet these big brands and I was like pitching this giant event that didn't exist and I remember we said the price and then B next to me was like but obviously blah 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 and I remember just sitting there like (laughs) (laughs) you could see it coming down and down and down yeah I mean it was just so funny we laugh about it now but their faces were just like well as soon as as someone agrees to pay you for for whatever day rate you say you then all of that worry of somebody like laughing in your face or doing it all goes away so as soon as we'd done it once and we were like this is fair this seems like the right amount we're gonna say it shut up yeah okay that's fine and then after that it was great I also feel really passionate about the creative industry in general being paid what they're worth. I think I said this to you last time, that we're in a really difficult era where there's a lot of people that expect you to work for free. Um, they undervalue, especially in a service-based business, um, they undervalue your time. So you could they could pay you and then expect you to work twice as much. And then there's a lot of graduates who are really hungry and want to get out there, or, or younger people who get taken advantage of. And I think that undervalues the whole system in general. So... I kind of think that there's a there's a theme of money this year. I've heard a lot of people talking about it and I think it's really important for people to know their worth and and also for for clients or anyone, you know, who wants those services to respect them. You get what you pay for fundamentally. I really believe that if you're an incredible creative person, it's not just about your output. It's about listening to your client. It's about the time that you've spent doing that. It's all of those experiences that you've been through in the past to, to get you from A to Z. And having watched that process and seen the work that's made at the end, I think it's just really sad that it's undervalued by a lot of people. But obviously Instagram's opened up this huge opportunity for anyone to kind of offer themselves as a service-based business. So how do you stand out from the crowd? I think from our perspective, actually a really big learning At the the first year of business, I paid attention to everyone too much. And actually, as a person, I care hugely what other people think. And I just got to a point, personally and professionally, it was like, enough of this. I, I need to trust myself and what I'm doing. The people that I really look up to in terms of service based businesses are people with experience and credentials and talent. And also that they're not a dick as well. So when you have that as a perfect combination, that that's brilliant. You know, they're, they're good operators as well. So I always look for those things when I'm looking to work with somebody. Um, you know, everyone's different. Perhaps somebody does have a smaller budget. Perhaps somebody wants to connect with someone purely based on personality as opposed to experience. But f- for me, again, I think you get what you pay for. And having worked in the industry... I know how important it is to support 
creative talent. Yeah, I think that, you know, a big thing about Instagram for me is that just because you may have done it for yourself doesn't mean that you that you can do it for other people. So I know that there's been a lot of brands that have kind of cropped up where they've used that channel very, very well and they've created a brand and they've completely tapped into that exact thing of whatever that was at that time. Anyone could be anything they want on Instagram. You could market yourself as anything. Exactly. And I think that actually there's a lot to be said for real people. And one thing that Jess and I did, like like we said before, is to go out, meet everyone we could, have coffees, just say, look, we're going to be really honest about our story here. We've lost our jobs, like we've set up this thing. Another thing that we've noticed some people do is kind of make themselves seem bigger than they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, be, be like, oh, I'll just get in touch with the team. And then the oh, team will do- honestly, And I don't, I don't like that. I yeah, think that that's really yeah. kind of... Um, inauthentic and that word is obviously very loaded at the moment but I think yeah the best thing that we've done is to be ourselves you know go in meet people have very honest conversations because as well we say that we're not right for people quite a lot of the time you know we'll go and have sit and have a chat with someone and then go do you know what actually we think that this person of this other business would be a better fit for you right now because we're not con artists you know we don't want to take people's money if we if we're not right for the job I think as well A big learning is, and this is quite, this is a bit of a marketing business term, but stakeholder management is understanding how different people operate and work and getting the best out of them. So it's not just the discipline of what we're producing and delivering as marketing services. It's how do we best get a client to tell us exactly what they want? Sometimes they could say, I want X, Y, Z. And actually, I would question that and go, you don't actually want that. You want this. And that is real expertise. And I think that... Honestly, that's why we have all of our clients coming back to us. That's why we have a referral basis of where all our clients are just being referred to us. I think people really buy people as much as what you're delivering. And they want to feel like you, they're learning something from you. And I think that that's what you do get from face-to-face conversations. It's why I was adamant when I launched this, that all the interviews had to be face-to-face. You get, it's just your gut instinct. You you know if you're going to click with someone, you can figure yeah. people out. Yeah. You don't get that over a phone or over a DM or yeah chemistry is really important and um buying into the sorts of people because that's been a great thing for us is actually some of the businesses that we've worked for if you just looked at their website we would go maybe that's not going to be the most interesting project but you know it'll be be good or whatever we can do it and actually we found that the the people behind that the founders or the senior management team who are running it so some people are so switched on and they get it and they get marketing and they understand that they don't have those skill sets because I think as a writer as well it's always really difficult because people can sit there and go well I could just write a word document I could write the web copy but why should you do it and it's a lot more difficult I think than something like design where you know you might not understand how to use photoshop so that's a real barrier and you can go right you know how to do that I don't but yeah some of the people that we've worked with have been so unexpected where we've been like actually this is a brilliant working relationship and we're learning from them just as much as they're learning from us I think another really interesting point I read somewhere and sorry if I don't get the source for this but that actually the written word can be construed by whoever is reading it in any sort of tone. So you could take something that's meant in a really positive way, but if you read it, you could reframe it in your mind as being negative. And when we've got this digital world where sometimes it feels quite abrasive or you have a fluffy quote, which could mean be really inspiring, but then actually be said by someone who doesn't really mean the full intent of it, when you're with someone in real life, you can really, get you can yeah, get yeah. whether they're authentic or not more. Um, I've always seen that because there's sometimes, <laughs> even last night when I released some tickets for one of my events, I was talking about the gin and I forgot, you know, what did I say? It was something about like, and if you're nervous, we'll download the gin. And then I was like kidding. And then I put kind of, and then I think some people, you read that and be like, I'm saying it in a jokey way but you just never know do you how someone's going to take it and and you can overthink everything yeah. I'm an overthinker where you know sometimes I'll just think to just write something that comes from my heart and then I'll just look over it and go actually that could be construed x y and z and actually, there is also a benefit in that. Having worked in marketing and PR, you know, you do have to be really careful what you put out there. And you do have a responsibility of the voice that you have and what you're saying via your platform. 
And so I, I take anything that we put out there as quite seriously. And there are some things that are, you know, flippant and you can't, you can't, what can you do? You know, we're all human. And if you're having a laugh and someone takes that wrong, I always go back to it, it came from a good intention. Oh, massively. And that's yeah. all you can do. This podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. What has been the hardest day on the job i've been thinking about this i've got yeah i was thinking about this because i know that you'd sent those kind of rough questions out that was actually one that i kind of tripped over a little bit because i think there's there's not been a moment for me where it's all completely you know i'm gonna throw in the towel like that kind of thing but i do remember there was a one moment where we um we had two projects that were on the table and we knew that if one of them fell off, fine. Other one fell off, fine. And they both fell off on the same time, on the same day. Do you remember this? We were sat in Heels Cafe. And it was quite early on in the business. And it was the first and only moment where we've gone, oh, my God, we're actually, we actually don't have any money. Because we've been, you know, as a service-based business, our overheads are really low. We don't have an office. We've kept things really lean right from the start. And we've been really proud of the fact that we've had no investment we've not had to put any money into the business other than buy ourselves a laptop each so for that to be this kind of moment where we've been working so hard and then all of a sudden we potentially didn't have enough money and I remember thinking like because we had a conversation then about like well are we just going to have to go both go and freelance in separate agencies and all this and we were talking about all this stuff and actually what we did was we walked away from it so we were having this moment in Heels Cafe and we were like oh my god we've got no money what are we going to do and we actually both walked away from it I went and sat and had lunch and prep on my own you, I think we're going to meet someone or something. And then when you came back to it, it was like, okay, well, let's figure it out now. Oh, massively. I feel like you're allowed that wobble. I mean, yeah. perspective always sorts you out somewhere. Like, Definitely. Moment, look back on it and, yeah. I think mine's probably a personal one where I had a breakup with a boyfriend and I that affected my living situation. It, it affected, I just turned 30. So it was a really personally difficult time in my life. And I just remember being like I have to get up and get on with things like there isn't a choice in this and friends meaning well and being like but look put you know your business is your baby put everything into it and just being like oh fuck's sake like I'm this is really shitty time for me like it's not as simple as that and I think that you can't help as well by you know you can't put a brave face on it every day and I feeling a responsibility that it was just not there <laughs> to be like, there she is again. <laughs> She's no, pretty miserable. No, but that the, the friendship there, I think, come, yeah. you know, because both ways that has gone, and I'm sure we'll come on to many a <laughs> dark, dark tale, but, you know, the friendship there where the business, we set this up to be able to support ourselves emotionally, personally, support each other. You know, it's, it wasn't ever just about the financials and then our personalised separate because they're so intertwined. For me, it was undoing a whole host of really bad habits that I'd picked up in the 10 plus years working in-house and in agencies. My confidence was on the floor, my self-esteem was on the floor, that redundancy that had happened, a personal breakup. It's It felt, in hindsight, now I can see it was an opportunity to completely rebuild myself and it's incredible where my life is now. But when I was in the midst of that, it was a real struggle and it was without having a support system I don't think it would have you know it would have survived like how it did so yeah <laughs> I feel like I haven't really sp- spoken about it which she can she did but obviously you know that I've got I'm in that right now with Andy and stuff and I feel like I didn't understand it until you're in it you know it's mm. so draining yeah and like before I'd always say like oh your business like put everything into that and blah 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 but yeah. actually like there's been days in the past few months where I'm like well past month I feel like time's going on but like where I genuinely haven't had the energy to do it but I've had something you know like the events or something that, or this or anything you just kind of do have to show up but then I like there's been days recently where I go home and then I'm and then you just yeah. work stops and I'm like yeah no but it's, this past month has just been the hardest part of since launching because it's just rubbish. Yeah, you've got no. That's the problem. I think when, when really 
awful personal things happen to you, which yeah. it's gonna, you know, it happens to all of us at, at any point. That's, yeah, that's you, the thing. If you have a bad yeah. work week when you work in a in a company, you can sort of be there, but you're not really there, yeah. and you can get away with kind of sitting and and sort of going right. Okay, do you know what? I can't handle this right now. But you know the money's going to be in your bank at the end of the month. Yeah. You know that you kind of can shirk off a little bit of work for the time being or lean on a colleague and be like, do you yeah. know what, can you just take this for now? Or but call it, in sick. Yeah, or exactly. <laughs> or call in sick and know that you're getting paid yeah. for yeah, that. Yeah. The thing is, you know, when things go wrong and you work for yourself, like it's that real fine balance of going, how hard do I push myself to keep going mm. when I really don't feel like that's an option for me right now? Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, advice is always well-meaning and I give so much well-meaning <laughs> advice. I am that friend, so I'm like, oh God. <laughs> but it is really well-meaning, but sometimes when it's just, it's not really very thought through. Like I, I remember people being like, oh my God, this will be amazing. And imagine when this happens. And sometimes it's about those bite-sized chunks. It's just like completing set tasks, mm. making it to the weekend. Um, I'm honestly right now saying... Once March is out of the way, those three events, April, I'm just having like a week off, like just chill. But it's so it is so true, and I think that it's just like you said, it's it's always going to happen. Something life crops up, like there's always going to be a a dodgy day, and that's where you just I think it's kind of that discipline to just say, okay, my business needs me right now, and then I can, then I need me right now, and just kind of. You fumble your way through. There's no one size fits all. You do, and I think I think both of our mothers are nurses, actually, and I think from same. Oh, really, yeah. <laughs> nurse crew. Yeah. Um, They're great. Yeah, but no, I think you, you when you're brought up by a nurse, then you are told to just get on with it. Um, but you're also given that huge amount of empathy to other people. So I've always had that for other people and their struggles, and I've always tried to be there as much as possible and. You know, it just so happens that it's been afforded again back to us. So I think that what that experience has taught me is is the strength of the people around you and how it, how amazing it is that the people that are there to kind of help bolster you and kind of push you forward. And it's those people that, you know, you count your lucky stars for. And that, again, it all goes back to people again, whether that's your inner circle, whether that's a client that's understanding if you miss a deadline, whether it's your business partner giving you a glass of wine and a tissue while you're crying. <laughs> you know, that's what it all comes down to at the end of the day. Um, like a good bottle of wine fixes a lot. Yeah. Oh, we have had so many days <laughs> where, like, we'll just send each other, like, the wine emoji yeah, and yeah. just be like... It's time. Yeah, it, it's time now. And you do have to do that, don't you? You just sometimes have to go... And I, I do think that as much as the pressure of having to carry on because there is no other option, in on the flip side... You, you get to figure out how you can kind of fall apart in many ways, not at nine to five. Because if you're doing a, a business where you're kind of like, do you know what, I need a morning or I need a couple of hours or I need to go and do this, I need to go for a swim or, you know, whatever it is, like you can kind of, I've really, I've been so grateful over the past few years that we have been able to be flexible and I, I really don't think, you know, like Jess, you know, we've both we've both gone through some quite significant personal things over the past few years, completely coinciding parallel with running this business, which is amazing to me because it is the outside versus inside. And from the outside world, you know, people do look at me and, and they do look at both of us or they look at our Instagram or they phone us up, you know, oh, you're, you're doing so well. God, you've just got it together. You're doing amazing and you're running, running your own business. It's amazing. And people do have no idea what yeah. what goes on behind the scenes sometimes. And I think the ability to not have to answer to anyone else has like been my absolute saviour the past couple of years. To be able to say to Jess, who is my very, very, very good friend as well as business partner, do you know what? This is going on. I need a time out. I need this. I need that. Rather than have to go to a HR department mm. and say, do you know what? I can't come in today or whatever that is. I think there is so much that I'm very grateful for about that flexibility, but at the same time, it doesn't take away that pressure of going, no, you do actually have to get up now. Yeah. <laughs> you do have to put some real clothes on and go outside. <laughs> what, what, 
do you say to people when they ring you up and they say, oh, you're doing amazing? If you're not feeling it, what do you say? I'm honest. She's yeah. so honest. I, I actually, Nat has, Nat's brilliant because Nat is, I'm more cynical and Nat's super positive. <laughs> So Nat, Nat would just be like, yeah, it's amazing. I'd be like, do you know what, actually? I'm, I'm really pissed off today because of X, Y, Z. And they're like, oh, right, okay. And I'm like, yeah, anyway. And then I'll just go off and one about, you know, the various things. And then I'll just calm it down. But um, no, I just, I I guess as well, working in advertising, it, there is a lot of bullshit that you've just kind of just got to put to one side. And I just really like having honest exchanges with people. Um, I don't think that it's about being negative or positive I think it's just having a real conversation if you're not feeling your best you can say it if you're in a good mood you can say it that's just how I approach stuff probably sometimes too much of no I think it it's fascinating I mean like our different personalities I've I think we've both learned so much from each other as well over the past few years and definitely um Jess has allowed enabled me to kind of have permission to be vulnerable because that is something, you know, northern girl, like you get on, you get on, you get on with it. No, everything's fine. Um, and I've never, ever been the sort of person who, um, can, for me, vulnerability is like, makes my skin crawl. Um, and, you know, I've actually kind of, I feel like I've worn, people always, my, my family and my friends will be like, you're the strong one. You know, you're, you're so strong. And I've sort of worn that as a bit of a badge of honour. And like melded it so much into my identity that I actually didn't know how to be any other way. And people as well wouldn't know how to deal with me if I was any other way. And Jess has sort of taken it on as a bit of a personal project, I think. She has. She's taken a little sort of hammer and chisel out (laughs) over the past few years and chipped away. Because, you know, she said to me right early on, she's like, Nat, you, you can't, you can't just be completely like everything's fine all the time and I think with a small business there's got to be an element of transparency where if you are having a crap day maybe not that but you you have to show something yeah no totally and I think what I've kind of learned as well over the past few years is like vulnerability isn't weakness there's so much strength in being able to openly say I'm not okay or I'm struggling and that's something that I'm actually really grateful now that I've been able, I've, I mean, it's taken a bloody lot of hard work. Um, Jessie used to call me stone face because <laughs> I would literally be sat there just like, no, it's fine, don't worry about it. Um, but I do think that there's such a value in like being able to be a bit exposed and also then, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Well, but- you can build greater connections with people. I think where... Nat was never being inauthentic. Um, and I think when we first got got together, it sounds like we are in a relationship. But I, I was like, are you being inauthentic? But actually it was just a real inability to to have that permission to express how she felt. She didn't want, you didn't want to be a burden on me or, or, or anybody else. And I think that actually in terms of like where Nat did really well versus me, I had horrific boundaries with people. So I was just like everyone's caregiver and everyone's problem solver. And, you know, I was at the bottom of the list and was looking after everyone else. And that was very good at going, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I'm not dealing with that now, no. no. And, I, and I had to be careful not to take on a martyr complex, being like, I'm helping everyone with their problems. <laughs> and then, you know, not looking after myself. And that, that became quite apparent. And, you know, you're, you're very good at that and kind of knowing this is my time. No, this is how much I give you versus myself. As an outsider looking in, that's the main strength of having a co-founder because if one of you is having a bad day, the other one's still there to work on the business. It is a massive benefit and I'd, I wouldn't have done this without Jess, definitely not. And I think, you know, as, as much as that's a huge benefit, you know, the, the flip side of that that we do have to be very careful of is our relationship and is our communication and making sure that we are completely meeting each other in the middle, given that we're such different people. Do you see each other outside of work in inverted commas? Do you kind of ever do stuff not business related? Yeah, we do. I think it's come full circle. I think at the beginning it was very, very intense. And I think that there was a lot of personal difficulties as well as the professional kind of side of things that we were all setting up. So we had to be very intensely together. And I think when you're spending every day with somebody, whoever that person is, whether it's your mum, your best friend, your your boyfriend, your girlfriend... 
it, it was it was a bit too much. And then the next year we kind of leveled out and I think focused on ourselves a bit bit more. And I think that was a really healthy thing to do. And I think this year feels really nice because I think we do do stuff together, but it feels like more of this is something we both want to attend as, as opposed to like a forced kind of like, yeah. you are my business partner, yeah. you will come to <laughs> every event that I run. This is in the contract. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, this is going to sound really glib, but like, I think this year, because we've got the business partnership sorted out so well now and things are really feeling at its strongest, I think our friendship is the best it's ever been because I think that we don't have to see those two things as completely separate. You know, I think we we moved to Amsterdam for six months last year. And actually that, in terms of an opportunity for us to have no distractions and really iron out a lot of the creases in what we were doing, both for the actual business, you know, the structure of it and the operation of it, and in terms of each other and ourselves, I think that was a real pivotal time is just to be able to have a time out which I know we're very lucky to have been able to do but let's move on to kind of other extended relationships you're setting up a business three months in so you're new in each other's lives oh how have and obviously now you're good friends how have all of your other friends responded to your business and have you seen any relationships evolve for the better or worse as your business has grown um, well, I'm 34 and Nat's 28, although she doesn't know her age, which is a bit weird. She, she was like, I'm going to be 30 next year. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I am. Okay. <laughs> Definitely am. <laughs> Just to clarify. Um, but no, th- so start of the business just after um, turning 30 and... I think you've got friends who are having families. You have friends who are moving away lots of life changes in general so I think I was going through a period of kind of you know redefining who my friendships were and a lot of my solid group of friends I don't see as much when I do it's kind of a a more of a planned kind of get together and certainly when I was in my 20s it was a lot more kind of like fluid and going out so not I wouldn't say not really I say Nat gets on very well with my partner who's also a big fan of Nat so that is good to know (laughs) very good to know so yeah I think I think there's you know in terms of probably like just life cycle where it's at you know it's probably me hanging out with your friends just being the old person (laughs) no I think I think that you know it was always very important for me to again this this sounds like such a relationship I can't even deal with it everyone that I've interviewed that is has a co-founder they say it's a really oh it is a marriage you know it's for me, I think it's kind of a marriage, but then it's also like sisters. I was very keen for Jess to meet everyone who was very important to me in my life. So my family, I'm very, very close to, and I've got some absolutely incredible friends as well. And it was important for me because this was such a big thing. You know, I'd never talked about doing this. Nobody ever knew that that was even on the agenda for me in terms of what I wanted. How old were you at this point? 25. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 25. So it was really important for me to show her off a bit and go she's real yeah no she's a grown-up a bit more of me as well (laughs) like you know we know what we're doing but then I also think that there is a real value in not integrating too much and I'm sure you will feel exactly the same we've had conversations about this before where because so much of your life is work and so much of your time you're switched onto it you really do have to have those moments where you're like do you know what I'm not going to think about work right now because I'm with somebody who doesn't know Jess or like they don't even know, they wouldn't even ask me about it and be like, oh, how is that thing with Jess going? Like, how's that project? You need that as well. Yeah, yeah. my sister works with her best friend and now they're so good at any friends that they don't have in common. They keep them. They just yeah. keep them. And, and it's not, okay. a, it's like, not no a bad one. thing, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not kind of, you know, that I don't think... You know, it's like, oh no, keep Jess away from these people. No, it's it's purely for a... It goes back to an office. Like, one yeah. of my best friends that I used to work with, we still see each other all the time, but she's got she's got other friends. Like, you, don't, you wouldn't yeah, you do, do that yeah. in an office, but would I... you? Be like, come and meet everyone. No, and also I like, you know, we are two separate people who with our own different interests. Like, whilst we work together and people buy into both of us, it, it isn't gimmicky. A lot of the time for new business or client meetings, it will just be me because Nat's, the way Nat needs to work is sitting and having enough alone time to have a whole load of content put together. Whereas I can spin, you know, 20 different plates at once. So 
you know, sometimes people are like, well, you know, where, where is the mall with the Mac? And I'm like, just me. Sort of see, they always want to meet me. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's, it is like an Anton Deck duo. It is just about figuring out what works for you. And I think there's teething problems in everything. And we've had our fair share of teething problems. And I think the, the one thing going into our kind of third birthday this year is I'm just so glad that things feel much more settled than they ever have and they feel much more I mean and again it's it's a tie into kind of personal lives as well you know figuring things out and it feels like we're on a really good trajectory this year to actually just get on with it because we've ironed out all the creases mentioned that you had a time where I think you said last year your second year you were both working on you so what did that look like in terms of learning to I don't know switch off or look after yourself I think from my perspective it, speaking very honestly I had some counselling from particular difficult things that had happened in my life that I knew I had to sort of front and sort of assess and I found that hugely beneficial um, and then off the back of that I discovered Brené Brown who has been really influential to me and then also passed that along to Nat which is about shame and vulnerability realized a lot that I had a inner self critic so as much as I'm cynical which is a part of me it it was too much so and when you hear about those sort of threat systems sort of you know is it flight or fight I was constantly in that sort of that mindset and it just got too much so I think I just started working on boundaries, like setting those boundaries where I could step back from work, where I didn't have to be on all the time, the relationships with people I had around me, ones that were toxic or not, and kind of removing those. And then just working on having a kinder narrative to myself instead of, I was so kind to other people, but so hard on myself. And it was just weighing down on my shoulders. And this year, I've got a mentor and a business coach, really lucky. Um, mentors through an organization called she says so that's free and i've got an incredible woman called Lindsay clay who's the ceo of thinkbox and then my business coach i work with on a value exchange i help with her marketing i've i found that life-changing so it, it just shows how much you know putting that ox- oxygen mask on yourself and before you look after others how much in business and just in your personal life how important that is especially with a service-based business 100 like yeah. percent but also, as you know, as I, I said from the beginning, this was an opportunity not just to do really good work and do something we believed in, but it was to have a business based on values of like integrity, wisdom, like doing the best by other people. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to do that unless I was being my best self, which is easier said than done. So, you know, I really feel again this year that I'm just reaping all the rewards of having the, the time and the privilege to be able to do that. Um, I think for me... And it's, it's something that, like I said before, with the vulnerability thing, like, I find it really, really difficult. And when we first started the business, we were, we were both in a very kind of transformative time, like not long before I'd um, had a really significant breakup of six years, which meant I had to move out of my house. Um, I'd also lost my job for that, that time the year before. Um, and then we lost our jobs again. And so I was really kind of, you know, at a point where I was like, you know what, there's a lot of change happening. And um, during the course of the kind of setting up the business, I, I went through something that was really kind of personally traumatic and, and quite significant that was way kind of worse than any of that stuff. And because of the sort of person that I am, because that I think my entire genetic makeup has always been get on with it there's always someone worse off than you no don't even and I completely shut down and didn't acknowledge even that this thing had happened to me and I was completely in denial and I got to a point where I realized I can't just ignore this anymore and it was the, the first moment ever in my life where I've kind of gone do you know what I can't handle this on my own right now at all. Um, And Jess was an absolutely incredible support to me during that time because I sort of very privately and very, very reluctantly fell apart a little bit. Um, And even now, you know, a a lot of people in my life kind of don't know how hard I was struggling behind the scenes when 
I put this like outward, everything's great, running a business, yeah. And, and that was an absolute saviour to me is to feel like I was doing something so significant and so something that not everyone would do that it would mask the things that were going on behind the scenes. Um, so I reached a point and I just thought, you know what, this is totally uncharted territory for me to feel like I, I don't know what to do. And um, Jess had said to me about her counselling and she said, you know what, I think you'd find it really beneficial. So I, I went and got some therapy um, and actually that has been completely revolutionary for me. It's not something that I would ever have thought of. And now I'm quite keen to tell people that I've been to therapy because any person I've told who knows me has gone, oh my God, you are the last person that I would ever think of would have therapy. And I do think there's something it's the best, best gift I've ever, ever given myself. You know, I went in with something very specific. I was like, look, I need, I need some help with this. And I've come out with resolutions in so many different directions. So I do think, you know, the past couple of years for me and like, it's been really difficult for me to kind of accept that because I could have not fallen apart. I could have completely carried on and it would have been so damaging to me in the long run. But I think having that process where I've effectively surrendered and gone do you know what I'm not okay um and then that has allowed me to rebuild in the right direction and I think actually the beginning of this year for the first time since well in 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 over two years I feel like I've rebuilt I've sort of rebuilt myself up a little bit I, I do think it's so important to have a good relationship with yourself because if you run a business it will test you in so many ways and it will pull you in so many directions that if you do learn to it sounds so cheesy but like you learn to like love yourself and like yeah. look after yourself and you can always fall back on that and it's kind of no matter what happens you've kind of you've got this you can tell yourself it's okay you've got yes this. and I think that's why if anyone goes on our website or on any of our social channels the female empowerment part is huge it's, yeah because on it earlier yeah well it yeah well it for for us it's really not an an empty you know inspirational quote it's it's the foundations of our business it's how we've supported each other to thrive through difficult circumstances and I just think that's such a powerful amazing thing when you have incredible women coming together you know we we can all do amazing things and every woman we've had the opportunity to speak to has been through something you know, as we said earlier, difficulties. And if if there's a positive outcome of that, it's just amazing when you can build a community of like-minded women. I kind of didn't want to just be talking the talk. You know, I wanted to walk the walk as well. And I we put together a manifesto just so that we could have like an action plan of like, okay, right, well, we're saying all this great stuff about diversity, equality, caring about empowering women. But, you know, where, where's the proof in that? And I think that with... Um, you know, with marketing, you you get, you know, objectives and you measure them and that's how you evaluate success. So we kind of wanted to do that with with our manifesto. And I think the most important things were just getting out of our London bubble, you know, not just seeing the world through a London lens, which can be very irritating. 100% a London bubble. Yeah, Yeah, there is. I told my old office that I was moving home, everyone was like, you're leaving London. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes. The desert oh, yeah. that exists outside yeah. of London. And I, we've met some incredible people and actually the sense of community outside of London, I'm hugely jealous of. We we had a meet up in Edinburgh and the women there were just brilliant and everyone just felt so connected and we don't, we don't have that in London. And then there's lots of other things as well that we have put down on paper that we want to be able to kind of amplify other women's voices people from disadvantaged backgrounds or people who haven't had the same privilege or opportunity as us and you know working on ourselves as well and our own knowledge and our own inherent privilege that both Nat and I have been lucky to have we're driven by this passion to provide positive impact through the work we do but also our own behaviors and yeah we just want to make a positive difference really and and be able to evaluate it you know not just go here's a girl power quote and then a load of bullshit behind it. Just be like, actually, this is what we've done and this is why we've done it. To round things up then, girls, I have tried to end each podcast 
think this will be the sixth. It's going to be a very emotional one. <laughs> I feel like oh. we're also going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. I'm going to read some statements and I'd like you to finish them, if that sounds okay with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you're allowed to have different... Opinions. Imagine if we, if we say exactly the same thing yeah. at the same time. Maybe we should try it. <laughs> oh, God. Being my own boss means... Freedom. Freedom! <laughs> yeah, I'd go with that as well, actually. Yeah. yeah. Strong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Freedom. Silence. Spray part freedom. When it's not quite going to plan, my advice would be to... Breathe. Mm. Also, um, <laughs> oh, the best thing I've learned recently is that nobody cares. Honestly, it's changed my life. When you get into your head that, like, actually, if you think about it, nobody is thinking about you. We say this, don't we? Nobody is thinking about you as much as you think about yourself. And as soon as you realise that, you can just make such clearer decisions. So, uh, yeah, I would say breathe and remember that nobody cares. Last week, I genuinely got so stressed and upset that I couldn't put the podcast out on a Wednesday because I was just, consistency is key, I've got to do it on a Wednesday, (laughs) and then I had, it was the day after I met you, um, and I had the investor meeting on the Thursday, and, and then the events had to be launched, and I remember just being like, just burst into tears, I was like, ah, and my sister was like, Literally, no, <laughs> no one's going to be saying they're no, waiting okay. for the download. The hate mail's not going to start. Yeah. <laughs> it's so liberating yeah. though, isn't it? Oh, I think it's, it's so freeing when yeah. you just like, actually nobody cares. Yeah. I like this too will pass. Yeah. Oh, and I've been saying that, God, you yeah. <laughs> I've been saying all of this to myself. It's so true because yeah. actually whenever I have a wobble, I just go tomorrow's a new day. You can wake up in a different mindset or with a little bit of time and reflection. So... You know, when when it all feels overwhelming, I think you just have to focus on, yeah. Have you ever feel the fear and do it anyway? No. In that book, it it basically says that every day you can like kind of choose to tell yourself that no matter what gets thrown at you, you can handle it. And the minute you know that, like the worst case scenario you can think of, you can handle it. Mm. People handle it. And it's like what you were saying, somewhere in the world, someone yeah. is going through worse or whatever, but also knowing that whatever your worst day looks like, someone's got through it before. And also you that you've got through it, it before. So yeah. like every every terrible thing that's ever happened to you, yeah. you've you've done it. Massively. There's you've carried on. Place, like mm. you've survived all of your worst bad days. Yeah. So you look back mm. in your life and you're like, oh, they're, yeah, they're I'm so you. good. <laughs> <laughs> I am brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Next, if I could go back to day one of my business, I would tell myself. You can do so much more than you think you can right now. I, I think my, my expectation of the amount, like I knew I was good at my job, but I, I didn't realise that I could do all the things that I've done now. Like I feel much more confident in my own abilities. I think mine would be patience. I mean, I still struggle with patience, but yeah, you, you can't do everything at once. I think it, it was burnout too quickly, expect, expecting too much too quickly, looking at empty numbers without thinking about building something sustainable and authentic. I had to kind of learn my own advice that I came on the beach ball. So yeah, yeah. patience. No, it's good. It's one of the reasons, again, why I launched this, because if I think of every woman that I admire, you kind of forget that they had that, they had to build that. That has taken time. Mm. It hasn't just come. They haven't just decided to launch a business and they've got to X, Y, Z. There's that interim where they've had all of these ups and downs and it's Mm. just being patient and knowing that you've got to work your way through that slog. Mm. Um, If I had to describe myself as a businesswoman, I would say that I am... Tenacious. Ooh, good one. No bullshit. Tenacious. Authentic. That is wanky, but it's true. I think I'll say kind as well. Authentic is such a good word. It's just it so is. what I use at the moment. It's like girl boss. I'm like, yeah. We got told by a guy that we had a chat with who was like, don't say authentic, just say the word legit. And I was like, I'm not <laughs> oh saying I'm legit. legit. <laughs> like, oh people would laugh me out of the room. <laughs> I like the idea that you've just put tenacious and kind together though. Yeah. I think that actually that's they're two things that you would think sit in different camps. I think yeah. my I was trying to come up with something like really snappy and really cool, but I don't really have anything. <laughs> um, I'd say something like yoga pants, not shoulder pads. 
because I think that for me, the idea of a businesswoman. Or have you been like. All the whole time she was talking, I was like, I was like, what does a businesswoman wear? Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) Creative. Uh, Yeah, I think in my head, back in the early days, the idea of a businesswoman, I was like, that is so not me. And then I've realised that you don't have to be that person. You don't have to be this, like, glamazonian, like, bitch woman, like, swanning away. And it doesn't have to be... It can be literally anyone. And, you know, all sales is, is about human beings and being good to people and being nice and not being a dick. Yeah. So I'd say not a dick. Yes. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. I'm not sure everyone in my life would agree. But that's awesome. Last one. I want my legacy to be that. That we paved the way forward, I think. I think when I think of amazing women that come before us and actually haven't really properly considered before we started this business, you know, the kind of opportunities even my mum was afforded, my grandma was afforded before that. We're living in such an amazing time where women is the year of the woman and it has been for a few years. Um, A, we want to take advantage of that ourselves but we also want to pave the way for the younger generation yeah I think the idea of helping and I think that word obviously has so many different connotations but for me it's not about you know being this kind of you know I don't necessarily need someone to make a statue of me if they want to then that's fine (laughs) but I think actually it's more like if I've bold if what I've done be bold um if what I've done has helped anyone or if I can help someone or you know if I feel like something that I've put out a a bit of writing that I've put out somebody's read that and it's connected with them that would be I think enough for me we we love the term positive impact it's not a bow a glib positivity it's just about there's there's a lot of crap in the world at the moment so just being kind treating people well and just you know allowing women to have more confidence in themselves and their abilities it's everything that we try and promote and everything we hope to leave behind as a legacy and a good legacy it will be hooray Hooray. thanks guys thank Thank you you. good day (laughs) (laughs) now now the music thank you for listening to she can she did if you fancy being a complete star and doing your good deed for the day, please feel free to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes to give the She Can, She Did series a little boost and help others to find it. You can also attend the Midweek Mingles, the She Can, She Did event series for female founders and aspiring female business owners, featuring a whole lot of business inspiration and the all-important G&Ts in equal measure. For more information and to book your ticket, head to www.shecanshedid.com. I would love to see you there.